Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Holy Spirit and the Day of Pentecost, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our last episode was The Holy Spirit and the Day of Pentecost, Part 1, hosted on January 1st. We found something very interesting. While they were gathered in one place, a house, there was a sudden sound. It was like a violent wind, even though there was no wind blowing at all. Then tongues of fire came into view and settled over each of their heads. Then the scene gets really strange. They, meaning those gathered in this house, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Bottom line here. Four things of note happened in just the first four verses. Many church leaders in America say that this kind of thing cannot happen in their church because of the confusion it causes. Some even say that the confusion is of the devil. Why would such a thing cause confusion? Barnes' New Testament notes told us, Though they were waiting for the descent of the Spirit, yet it is not probable that they expected it in this manner. It was proper that the gift of the Holy Spirit should take place in some. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, The Holy Spirit and the Day of Pentecost, Part 1, hosted January 1, 2023. Episode 1. This week, our study is The Holy Spirit and the Day of Pentecost, Part 2. Our scripture is found in the book of Acts, Chapter 2. Our scripture reads Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven residing in Jerusalem. When this sound occurred, a crowd gathered and was in confusion because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Completely baffled, they said, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? From the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. We should first notice verse 5, which reads, Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven residing in Jerusalem. It should be understood that speaking in tongues is not new. Twice before, there has been talk of speaking in a language without having learned it. Adam and Eve are the first to speak a language without having learned it. The second case is the confusion of languages that God gave on the occasion of the building of the Tower of Babel. Again, Luke tells what an enormous impression this event makes on the crowd. 
every time he points out what it causes in the crowd. The coming of the Holy Spirit to earth is an event that does not take place in silence, but is accompanied by the necessary and appropriate display. Those who are impressed are those who have come from other countries and audibly hear, here in this place, the language of the country of their origin. From King Comet's Commentary on the Whole Bible. Regardless, it is never thought of but this commentary passage says something that is true. Adam and Eve never learned a language but clearly could communicate. If they could not communicate, the scene with them talking to the serpents simply would not work. Secondly, at the Tower of Babel, God confuses their single language by causing people to speak many languages. At Babel, suddenly, many people spoke a language that had never before been in existence. Suddenly, correctly, and fluently, but one person could not understand another. One particular person could only speak among others who spoke that person's particular new language. Now, we note that this miraculous event of having a complete ability to speak at least one language never learned has happened again. However, it is at the very least implicated that each person so gifted by the Holy Spirit speaks more than one language here in this room recorded in Acts. We can learn further. Then, suddenly, this event takes place and later even the conversation of several thousands of people. Everyone in the crowd, consisting of all kinds of nationalities, hears speaking in their own language. This confuses them. No mention is made of the fiery tongues on the disciples. It seems that the crowd has not seen them. In any case, the amazement is great. The poor handful of illiterate disciples, recognized as coming from the backward Galilee, emerges from the obscurity and oblivion into the open and gives testimony with irresistible force in languages they have not learned. In the crowd, people talk to each other about the fact that everyone hears them speaking in the language in which they were born. Luke lists the peoples where these Jews came from. It gives an impression of the vastness of the scattering, but the fact that God makes his greatness and majesty known to all these peoples in the language of their native land, the language with which they grew up, is an unprecedented victory of God's grace. It is a wonder of speech and not a wonder of hearing. The disciples know how to express themselves perfectly with the right accent in the language of each country where emigrants have come from. 
from King Comment's commentary on the whole Bible. Remember verse 5? Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven residing in Jerusalem. A very simple assumption is that because of this, more than one language had to be native to the many peoples in Jerusalem. Verse 6 reads, When this sound occurred, a crowd gathered and was in confusion because each one heard them speaking in his own language. One thing I have heard in God's church is that confusion is of the devil. This is among many negative emotions and feelings that many church leaders say are both sinful and of the devil. My first question is, how can confusion be of the devil if something in my Bible is not first understood, causing confusion? This particular confusion is caused by an inability to understand what my Bible is telling me. How can this be of the devil? If I want to work on cars as a professional mechanic, I need to learn automotive mechanics to understand what I am doing so I can do it well. Until I have some grounding for my understanding, cars are confusing to me. Can we think that confusion caused by God at the Tower of Babel was really of the devil? We would have to, based on some church leadership views of confusion, if what these people say is true. In our Bibles, notice where the confusion was sourced. A crowd gathered and was in confusion. Why? Because each one heard them, the men of Galilee, speaking in his, a member of the crowd, speaking in his own language. Notice the source of confusion. These men of Galilee, endowed by the Holy Spirit, first did not speak other languages than their own, yet suddenly they did. How could anyone there not be confused about how this sudden and mysterious thing happened? It is clear that the crowd was not present in the room when the power of the Holy Spirit fell on these men of Galilee. So, how could the crowd know how this new thing happened? Now, when this was noised abroad, or when this voice was made, referring either to the sound as of a mighty rushing wind, which came from heaven, and might not only be heard by those in the house into which it came, but by the inhabitants of the city, as it came down from heaven, so the Arabic version renders it, when the aforesaid sound was made, or else to the apostles' voice and their speaking with diverse tongues, which, being heard by some, was told to others, and a rumor of it being made through the city. The multitude came together to the house or temple 
where the disciples were, and this multitude did not consist only of the devout Jews before mentioned, but of others who scoffed and mocked at the apostles and who had been concerned in the crucifying of Christ and were confounded or confused. They ran and came together in a disorderly and tumultuous manner. The whole city was in an uproar. The assembly on this occasion was a perfect mob. Their numbers were so large that they were ready to thrust each other down and trample one another underfoot. The Vulcate Latin adds, In mind, they did not know what to think of things. They were so astonished at what they heard that they were scarcely themselves. They were as persons stupid and senseless, being filled partly with shame and confusion, and partly with wonder and amazement, that these illiterate men, the followers of Jesus of Nazareth, whom they had crucified, and whose disciples they had in so much contempt, should have such extraordinary gifts bestowed on them, because that every man heard them speak in his own language, which shows what has been before observed, that one spake in one language and another in another language, or the same person sometimes spoke one language and sometimes another, so that in course all languages were spoken by them. Whence it appears that it was not one language only which was spoken by the apostles, which men of different languages heard and understood as if it was their own. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. The first thing we can fully understand at this point is many were confused by this very unusual event bestowed on the men of Galilee. Their amazement is great, meaning they were not somewhat amazed, not generally amazed, but greatly amazed. That is because this was an event of unprecedented victory of God's grace. Why? The poor handful of illiterate disciples recognized as coming from the backward Galilee, emerges from the obscurity and oblivion into the open and gives testimony with irresistible force in languages they have not learned. How is it the men of Galilee speak other languages, not their own, so fluently? Today, that is a really easy question to answer thanks to schools and still technology. We can hold a smart device in our very hand that will help us say anything we want to say or need to say in any language we do not speak because it is not our native tongue. Remember, I should not have to tell you that these tools for communication like a smartphone did not exist in biblical times. Thus, only a miracle of God 
could accomplish the work that needed to be done in those biblical days. Now, notice verse 7. Completely baffled, they said, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And they were all amazed and marveled. They were struck with surprise. They were, as it were, out of themselves, like persons in an ecstasy, not knowing what could be the cause or meaning of this, saying one to another. The phrase, one to another, is left out in the Vulgate Latin and Ethiopic versions, and so it is in the Alexandrian copy. Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans, rude, unpolished, and unlearned men, who had never been brought up in any school of learning, and had never learned any language but their mother tongue, and that they pronounced with an ill grace, and in a very odd manner, and which made the thing the more astonishing to them? From the new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Galileans, inhabitants of Galilee, it was remarkable that they should speak in this manner because, one, they were proverbially ignorant, rude, and uncivilized. Hence, the term Galileans was used as an expression of the deepest reproach and contempt. Two, their dialect was proverbially barbarous and corrupt. They were regarded as an outlandish people, unacquainted with other nations and languages, and hence the amazement that they could address them in the refined language of other people. Their native ignorance was the occasion of making the miracle more striking. The native weakness and inability of Christian ministers makes the grace and glory of God more remarkable in the success of the gospel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. The success which God often grants to those who are of slender endowments and of little learning, though blessed with a humble and pious heart, is often amazing to the men of the world. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. This should teach us that no talent or attainment is too humble to be employed for mighty purposes in its proper sphere, in the kingdom of Christ, and that pious effort may accomplish much, may awe and amaze the world, and then burn in heaven with increasing luster forever, while pride and learning and talent may blaze uselessly among men or kindle up the worst passions of our nature and then be extinguished in eternal night. From Barnes' New Testament Notes My first question is this. If confusion 
as some American church leaders, brothers, and sisters say, is of the devil, how do we reconcile this scripture passage? For if those who say confusion is of the devil are correct, then Luke is way off his mark of what he has recorded for others to read and learn from. If a state of confusion is perfectly acceptable in a child of God, then how can confusion be of the devil? Yes, other negative emotions can be a slippery slope because they are acceptable in the right context. However, these same emotions are also sinful, not of the devil, in an incorrect context for them. For example, I can hate what the devil does to people, but I cannot hate people regardless of what they do and or say that I may not like. Therein is that slippery slope caused by us not fully knowing the issues involved and how some things are correct in one context and wrong in another. Clearly, we see here in Scripture that confusion, even in the midst of a holy event executed by the presence of the Holy Spirit, caused by the disciples being gifted by the Holy Spirit, with the ability to speak in normal yet foreign tongues they never spoke at all, occurs. We also noted before that speaking without learning a language occurred straight off in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Who was around in those days to teach Adam and Eve a language? God, yes, but who else? Then the event at the Tower of Babel. Suddenly, at the hand of God, man, many peoples, suddenly speak different languages. This event alone causes some profound confusion. If this event was authored by God, then how can confusion be a thing of the devil? Next week, we will conclude our examination in our next episode titled, The Holy Spirit and the Day of Pentecost, Part 3. We will conclude our examination with Acts chapter 2, verse 13, which reads, But others jeered at the speakers, saying, They are drunk on new wine. So, now it gets worse. It not only is an issue of confusion, it is now escalated to them being drunk, intoxicated on new wine. Join us next week to learn more. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all.
If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. Thank you all so much. God bless you all. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address, unchurched.site. 123.me At present, we are located on a growing number of podcast sites. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.